Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, WNBA Nation. My goodness, do we have a lot to talk about tonight? Um, my name's Kyle Haywood. I am joined by two of my best friends in the world, Jason Snow and Steve Schwartzman. Guys, how are we feeling after that game five between oh. Las Vegas and Phoenix right now? How You know that moment in uh, one of the later Park season episodes? It's when they go to, I think it was when they go to Paris. And and Ben is looking at the bridge from Inception, and he's just like, "How am I feeling? I, like I'm feeling excited and I'm feeling a little numb and, and he's like, overwhelmed. Like that's how I feel right it now. Down. Yeah, just like that. I've been I rambled so much in our pre-record to the point that people probably never want to hear from me again because I couldn't find words to explain what an insane for like." I say fourth quarter, but that that was one of the best game fives, like deciding games in a series I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I we've seen some great playoff playoff uh, you know matchups and and game fives or decide you know elimination games. That was that was intense. Jason, what were your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just I was going to relate it to. Um, I grew up in Southern California, and I remember when I finally was like maybe like 11, 12, maybe a little bit older, but I, I got really into roller coasters and my stepdad took me to uh magic mountain. This is so and not you'd what wait, I <laughs> And you'd wait in line like two hours to go on like the, the biggest, best, newest roller coaster. And the second you got off, you're like, that was amazing. Let's get back in line. Like, that's how I feel right now. I'm like, that game was amazing. All right, let's go to Sunday. Let's do this thing. <laughs> like, I'm so ready for, for this final series. I'm, that was amazing. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit coming off my high, but like this was that was so much fun tonight. <laughs> it was it was everything that you could like ask from these two teams because Jason and I we watched the the second half and Steve popped on for the last uh, few minutes of the game. We we watched it live on Twitch and we were talking with our our uh, our Twitch family here that. Basically, this this series wasn't a fantastic series until tonight. It was uh-huh. it was a good, you know, it, it was kind of matchups. But the, three of these five games were blowouts for mm-hmm. one team or the other, and so uh, being able to start off the series with a pretty close game and then to finish it as good as you can ask a series to be finished is was just everything. And so I was really glad to see that it wasn't just like over by midway through the third quarter. Um, and, uh, and it went right down to the wire, you know, literally game clenching plays at the end of like with, with the clock winding down with less than a second left on the clock, like huge, huge, uh, just a huge game that was so much fun for everybody to watch. I, I hope that a lot of people tuned in. I know that WNBA Griner, uh, Tarasi, like so many WNBA terms and players were actually trending on Twitter during, uh, especially the fourth quarter. And so I hope that a lot of people were able to tune in, check it out on ESPN two and get as 
absolutely addicted to the WNBA as as we are, as each of you are, as you're listening to this show. Um, but let's just hop right in and talk about this game that we just witnessed. We're literally recording this minutes after after zeros. So um, let's just hop right in and talk. I, I gotta go to uh, I I I have I've had a question that I've been really wanting to ask you to ever since the end of this game. Who to who was the biggest difference maker for the Phoenix Mercury in securing this W tonight? Who do you think gets your game ball? If you're awarding the game ball, if you're Sandy Brondello awarding the game ball, who gets the game ball after tonight for Phoenix? Let's start uh, either one of you. Who, yeah. who if, if either one of you got a got an immediate reaction to um, that? I need like two ticks here. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump. This. In, I'll jump in, and and I have my reason why. I feel like. There's maybe three players that I could argue for, but really two. It's it's between mm-hmm. Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. And for me, Brittany Griner played well the whole game, like sh- from start to finish. She was was playing dominant basketball. I felt like Diana Taurasi heated up and cooled off. Sometimes got a little bit too worked up and, and seemed uh, a little bit uh, chaotic and and maybe not quite as on point. And then Brittany Griner finishing the game with, with the last block and then obviously the, the free throw points, um, going to Griner. So for me, game ball goes Griner. Um, I obviously huge performance out of Diana Taurasi, but I think Griner by just a hair was, was the difference maker ahead of Taurasi tonight. Okay. I like that. That's a good call. Uh, Steve, your thoughts. What's, uh, who are you giving the game ball to if you're coach? Ah, uh, um, So many high impact moments happen from DT. It's tough mm-hmm. not to call that out. It, it, you know, when they fell down 10, Cambage hit that bucket. They went down 10. Vegas was basically crowning themselves in a way. They weren't over celebrating, but you could tell there was some excitement there. They felt like they had things on lock. But similar to what happened in game four. Like, oh, yeah, this thing's over. Griner immediately, you know, uh, Tarasi immediately went to the line, drilled some free throws. Obviously, she's she's credited for those threes in the fourth, hitting back to back, setting them in the lead. There was the block in three, but this comeback this quarter doesn't happen if and I, I you can call out. The defensive prowess, you can call out key scores, especially for mid-range. She was unstoppable. If Brittany Griner isn't this level-headed, mature version of herself that she's become this season, this game's over in the third quarter. It's over. Right. That 10-point lead turns into a 20-point lead very quick. She was on the boards defensively, viciously. She was consistently making space for her perimeter players. She was untouchable from 12 feet in uh just uh, yeah to me it's griner as well because it goes so much even just beyond what she did on the court in terms of the pulse that she's brought into this lineup has really really significantly helped this team's ability to overcome in-game diversity and come up big when they need it um i said it when we were on pre-mic we've been very critical of Brittany griner since we've been doing this show this is the grinder I've been waiting to see all this time because mm-hmm. I knew she had this level of dominance in her and, and you see flashes of it here and there throughout the, you know, the last several seasons, but this is the grinder I've been waiting for this whole time. By the way, um, why is no, like there's, there's this great angle I'm seeing right now of the grinder block. Why is no one talking about the hall of fame, Sandy Brondello jump hug that happens in the background. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that. I'm assuming, but yeah, this it's, it's, it's unspoken, but, uh, this Phoenix team, they went from being one of the more disappointing teams in the league in being a five seed when they could have done more to now having home court advantage in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to get all into this whole like story of the playoffs and what it means to have this five, six seed matchup. Um, I, I got to give a shout out as well. It, I would not be surprised, um, to see obviously Griner. I think it, it makes a ton of sense. DT 
obviously, you know, big fourth quarter, b- biggest of shots, some great defensive stops. I wouldn't, if I'm Sandy Brondello, I might give the game ball to Shea Petty. <laughs> because possible, yeah. Shea, like, like, yeah. like honestly, Shea Petty didn't stack the stat sheet like, like DT, like BG or even Turner, but Shea Petty came in to fill in for a, to fill in for Kia Nurse who tore her ACL. Shea Petty's thrown into the starting role against the Las Vegas Aces who preseason, I was saying they were by far the, the title favorites at home game five. She's, she's thrown into this role. She plays for 32 minutes and was a huge difference maker had uh over and over as we were watching this second half, especially we just kept saying, man, Shea Petty is everywhere. She's on every loose ball. She's got all this energy. And not only that, but she had like kind of that clenching moment at the end when she gets fouled at the three point line and clutches two, two shots to put them ahead for good. Like that was, that was huge. And, and I, I got to give a shout out to Shea Petty. I, but I think all three are probably very deserving. Mm-hmm. You could even make a case for Brianna Turner as well. Cause, uh, honestly, what a defensive clinic she put on 11 yeah. boards, three, uh, or three block shots, four steals. Like those are, those are crazy numbers to, to see from Turner. So across the board, really impressed with Phoenix. Let's talk Las Vegas for just a second. Um, <laughs> Cam Beige going back and forth with Griner a lot. We had a Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson really paced these two teams. Um, what I really, really was interested in was the play of Kelsey Plum off the bench. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on Kelsey Plum, especially this version of Kelsey Plum that we saw in the playoffs and, um, you know, the last month or two of the regular season. I, maybe I'm calling the cart before the horse. People want to say, I think we're, we're see this is the Kelsey Plum we were, ex- we were excited to see when she went number one back in 2017. Right. I think we not only are seeing a reigning sixth woman of the year that's beyond credited for it and, and deserving of it, but this is the welcoming party for all-star Kelsey Plum, for potential team leader Kelsey Plum, for household name Kelsey Plum. Like, I think there, she came into, um, not this previous season, she was injured, but like, she, there was a point where she started to really change her attitude and her play style. And that multiplied itself at the Olympics with the three X three stuff. And then it just turned into now where she was the most consistent producer on this entire roster coming off the bench. Like, yeah, I, she was a bucket every time down the court. And, um, it, it was rough because like, yes, Vegas didn't get this one done. But I and and I've, we've seen amazing play from so many players on different teams. If I have like a player of the playoffs award, Plum's my pick. That's how good she's been from start to finish. Like, like she mm-hmm. she deserves her flowers one way or the other. Absolutely, Jason. What are your thoughts on on Plum here? Yeah, Plum played the last half of the season and the playoffs extremely well. Um, I completely agree with everything Steve just said. I think what's interesting looking forward for Plum, I believe she still has, I want to say two more seasons on her contract with Las Vegas. I don't think she rides the bench next year. Now, whether that's Vegas making space for her in the starting lineup or, or some sort of trade situation, she's too good of a player to be six woman of the year again next year. So, um, I think that's an interesting thing looking forward. I think there's potential for movement there, but at the same time, I mean, just it, like Steve said, this is who people expected her to be when she got drafted. And I think we're just seeing that come out now. I think she's, she's finally caught up to the speed of the league and she's playing at, you know, at, at the right energy level. So I, nothing but, but praise going that direction for me. Um, I love what we saw from Kelsey Plum. It's going to be interesting to see the guard situation for Las Vegas moving forward because Kelsey Plum is so dynamic off the bench. But Chelsea Gray had an absolutely yeah. phenomenal game tonight. I, I can't, uh, I, I can't, you know, disregard at all what she did because Gray came out, dropped 22, uh, you know, tied, 
uh, Plum for the most points for the aces in this game, dropped six dimes. And in regard to the difference between when she's on the court and when she's off the court, she was plus 16 in plus minus. When she comes off the court, that's when, um, that's when you saw the Mercury going on runs. That's when, uh, that's when they started clawing their way back into the game. When Chelsea Gray wasn't on the court is when the Mercury really got their pacing. Um, and so I, I, I can't say enough about Chelsea Gray, you know, celebrating a birthday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and had just a phenomenal night, just happened to come out on the wrong end of a, of a one possession game. Um, but Chelsea Gray played phenomenally. I think that she's, I'm hoping that we see Chelsea Gray, Asia Wilson, uh, you know, Raquana Williams, Kelsey Plum. I, I hope that we see this group in Las Vegas for a long time. You throw Liz Cambage in there if you want as well. Um, I, I really hope to see this Las Vegas squad stay together. Um, I think they still have a ton of talent and they, if they just run it back next year, I still think they're, uh, I don't know if they'd be title favorites right now, but they'd be uh, probably top two or three. Um, so crazy that they were eliminated, but let's chat the fact that we yeah. just saw a number one seed eliminated the other night and now the number two seed eliminated. Guys, we've got five versus six going into the WNBA finals. Oh. And that sounds weirder every time that I say it. I don't know if I'm going to get used to that uh idea, but the fact that these two teams were playing in the first round, and let's be honest, there were portions of those first round games when both of these teams, you know, might look like they were going to maybe get eliminated early on. Chicago came out and started taking care of Dallas, but Dallas came back and, and started showing some real life in the second half. But Phoenix had to dig deep to beat New York in the first round. And here yeah. they find themselves in the finals. I just, I'm just curious what you guys overall thoughts. This is just a, like big picture stuff. Lost uh, playoffs uh, at this point for both of these teams to make this. Are we ever going to see a run like this from two like first round teams making the play, making the finals? Or is this something that we are going to see again in the future? Or is this just this anomaly unicorn situation? Obviously, it's hard to say that it would happen too frequently because we've pretty consistently seen the one-two punch in the finals since this playoff structures come out because it, it rewards those top seeds. That's just how it is. It's not right. There's nothing negative to that. That's just how it is. Until we see a a, a post-expansion settled in comfortable league. With 14 to 16 teams. Yeah, because the the thing about it is when you're playing 32 games in a 12-team league, uh, it's very easy for those five to eight teams to look a lot less dangerous than they are. And I think a mm. point that I want to say um, uh, Rebecca Lobo recently made, it might have been Rachel Galligan, um, after Chicago won the other night, which was to say, People might say that they pulled off this huge upset. Really, what you're seeing is a team peaking at the right time. Like, if you put this in the context of an 82 game MNBA season, like, this would be, oh, the team's finally figured themselves out and they're going to go on a comfortable run and be in a comfortable seat by the playoffs. So, this is a part of why when people talk about team expansion, I also am big on talking about schedule expansion because that it would really help understanding the parity of the league a little bit better in some form or another. So I do think it's highly possible. I will say this is proof positive why it's time to blow up this playoff thing, this, this playoff structure, because obviously it's set up in a way to reward these top seeds. And now you've got DT and, and uh, Candace Parker saying, screw your playoff structure. Put us as a succeed. We're going to go to the finals anyway. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like it's that idea of like, let's, yeah. let's just do this thing. You know, I'm just, I'm a purist. Let's just do this thing one to eight and have, you know, get rid of this, this one and done thing early on in the structure because at the, the point of it is there's great talent across this league and every matchup is going to be exciting one way or the other. So let's just reward that. But so, yeah, I think it's possible, but his, historically it's hard to say because it's funny that I could say all that and all oh, that's true, but this is really the first time we've seen it. I agree with what Steve said. 
in a league that so heavily favors the one and the two seed, I think it's going to be extremely rare that we see a situation like what happened. Mm -hmm. I agree with Steve. I think that that indicates that there should be this, this movement away from this playoff structure that, that so heavily emphasizes that. And I also think that it is a good argument for why I tell people that the WNBA is superior to the MNBA uh, to steal Steve's uh, coined phrase. Yeah. When you watch the, when you watch the NBA, there's a few teams at the top. The difference between the number one seed and the number six seed in the WNBA could be five games with your starter hurt. Think about Candace Parker. She missed a good chunk of the season to injury. And now you've got her back. She's playing healthy. Like those things, you know, missing five or six games is amplified so much greater when you're only playing 30 something games a year instead of 80. And so the, the difference between a number one and a number five or six is not very much. And it can just be that the five may be equal to the one. It's just that they happen to have their starter gone for, for a little while or something like that. So, um, the, the parody in this league is very, very high. And so I'm not surprised to see a five and a six play number one and number two and then end up beating them. What I am surprised is yeah. that they overcame the playoff structure because they had to go through two single elimination games before they could even get to a series. Yeah. And then obviously those series went, went to the wire well, too, but. And to support your take and also to kind of shout out Logan, cause this is very much a Logan take, but. Very much the one and two is almost always just indicative of like who's been the most healthy and available team yeah. in the league. Like who's withstood that the injury bug and, and been able to keep their talented roster together. And because often when a team falls you is when, you know, it's usually because of cases of, okay, well, they lost Bree Stewart for a while. So they're going to drop back in the standings. And then like, so you see those elements happening. And this was kind of a year where that was happening to everyone it just it almost just felt and coming off of the the covid wobble year and everything it, it did there were a lot of situations in place that really opened up the parody of this of any team could beat any team on a given night and but the difference was when it came down to it it's really hard to vote against those one or two seeds when it comes to winning three out of five yeah and right. It's usually when you've won enough. And keep in mind, especially in Connecticut's case, because this wasn't just a Connecticut team, you know, that was a number one seed because they kind of like stumbled forward into this and everyone else was doing more poorly than maybe they were. They were on a 14 game win streak heading into the series. They were seemingly untouchable. But bear in mind as well that like when we talk about this, that Chicago beat uh, a Minnesota team that Kyle and I talked all about. I put competitiveness wise right there with Connecticut when this playoff started. Yeah. I had Minnesota yeah. going to the finals. Yeah. So yeah, it's more than just winning these two series. These guys won some hefty matchups. New York nearly blew this whole story up that we forget how good that game was in New York. Like, yeah. It's It's one of those situations of, a lot of things had to really fall in place because even though the one and two have really tended to make them way into the finals under the structure, it's come with a lot of scares, right? And this is one of those cases where I think things turned over exactly the way they were. We're talking about a game tonight that was a four point Vegas game with basically a minute left. Yeah. Uh, Or a little, you know, maybe two minutes left, but still, I mean, it's uh, the whole thing is just bonkers. So, Let's let's go ahead and look forward just a little bit here to the upcoming series that we that we have. This is <laughs> What what do you want me to say? I have no clue what to talk about. <laughs> I I I am I'm I'm honestly just kind of blown away that we have now, if you'd have told me that one of these two teams made the final, I'd have been like, cool. Yeah. Like Phoenix was hot, you know? Oh, or like, Oh man, Chicago, man, they really on paper. Yeah. They have all the talent there. They'd finally put it together and put a run together in the playoffs, but to have both of them come through and not see teams like Connecticut, Vegas, Minnesota, and even Seattle, like to have all four of them eliminated. And to be facing the five and six seed right now to have 
the Mercury come in as a five seed and be hosting and having home court advantage in the finals is nuts. Congratulations to the X factor because you're having an opportunity right now that other fan bases could only ever dream of to have not the, you know, not be a number one or two seed and still be hosting three, potentially three finals games is, is just absolutely wild. Um, off the top of my head, a huge storyline I think a lot of people are immediately going to consider is uh, we've got Candace Parker trying to win a, a title for her hometown. And we've also got Diana Taurasi on the other side. These two legends that are, you know, have been so integral for their teams um, may not even be the best player this season on their on their individual teams. But they're, you know, kind of this this emotional leader uh, going head to head into these finals. I think that both of them. Um, having an opportunity to do something that, you know, other players don't, uh, have much opportunity to do. Um, while also seeing players like, uh, Kalia Copper and Brittany Griner, who have been just phenomenal all season long and, and anchoring down their teams. I'm curious from the two of you, what is the biggest storyline heading into the WNBA finals this season? Oh. I I just figured out who the finals is going to be now. I got to figure out what the storyline is. Um, <laughs> I I know, right? Yeah, the, this is thinking on the fly. So uh, pay attention to future episodes because this may change. For me, it really comes down to both of these teams got here fighting against the odds because they believe in the story that they've got going. Chicago believes in themselves. Phoenix believes in themselves, and. They showed up when it would be very easy to say like, oh, we made it to the the semifinals. What a great end to our season compared to the, the way that it started. Both of these teams genuinely believe they, they have a right to be there. And I think it's going to come down to the energy and who comes out to, to win it. I think if Chicago wins this, they're going to win it in three or four. I think if it drags out, I, I think Phoenix wins the game five. But um, for me... It comes down to who comes into this with the mindset of we belong here and who comes in with the the mindset of we're grateful to be here because the the we belong here team is going to win. Right. I mean, good hell. Um, It's hard because like your, your mind turns to like the names like it really stop and think about this. I mean, there are so many legendary names, even currently, uh, in, in the league. We're obviously talking about two W25 players, uh, that are going to be missing mm-hmm. more than that, actually. Uh, sorry, several when you, when you look yeah, at three, uh, three at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, but very much, I, again, we always like to give the caveat when we have to make the NBA, MNBA comparison that it's not often our aim. So I'm sorry if this is annoying, but like, there's kind of one MNBA finals matchup that never happened that will always be the what if. And that was the, the Kobe LeBron matchup. We never got that. What, what would happen? Because you got Magic Jordan in the early 90s. He didn't really get Kobe LeBron. What would it have been like if those two faced off the finals? In a way, mm-hmm. uh, DT Parker is that dream style matchup. And that's what's cool. But at the same time, it's to me, it's about the positional matchups. What made Phoenix Vegas fun for me? I kept telling you guys, I could have watched 40 minutes of Griner and Campage one-on-one for 40 minutes. I would have been thrilled. And we now get to watch Vandersloot versus Sky. Uh, Like, we get to watch, you know, DT Copper. We get to watch, like... Parker and Griner, it's there's so many insane matchups that are going to make this uh, just an absolute insane joy to watch. But I think if it comes down to one story, sorry, I'm rambling here because I'm trying to think of if I got to pick one. If it really to me comes down to one story, like this is the thing that completes it. I'm not saying I'm picking Chicago when I'm saying this, but. The first splash, uh, like news splash coming into this offseason leading to the season is Parker to Chicago. I'm coming home. Right. And I'm going to get my team there. She got a 2K cover. Honestly, something I, most people, like, 
we didn't even think a lot of people wouldn't have assumed it was possible. Yeah. Signature shoe line. One of the dopest commercials ever heard this commercial rules. Um, <laughs> like all of that came up. She weirdly became like a broadcast celebrity in the fact that she just won't back down to shack on TV. But all of this Chicago stuff happens. And it's like, you know, wrestling fans, CM Punk just made his, his, uh, return after seven years in Chicago. And it was a cool thing. If you're a wrestling fan, the only thing that isn't exciting about it is that the CM Punk return happened when she came back to Chicago because she came back and she delivered and she's, she's three, three wins away from making good on a promise right after shoot. Like that's a story. And, and maybe I'm biased because I feverishly studied her rookie season <laughs> for W history at the start of this year. So, so right. CP three has been on my mind all year long and, um, you know, it comes down to it. I think the uh, only other narrative I can bring up to close this out to, to put a positive spin on it or a or a light spin on it is we are also talking about the most underrated uniform set versus the most overrated uniform set. I don't yeah. know if this is going to, to ruffle some feathers, but Fe- let's ruffle them. Phoenix has the most underrated like, uniform like- set of the league. Chicago's is the most overrated. I'm just going to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, uh, I, I like big I respect like to Chicago's a, a rebel jersey. Twitter, Twitter heat. Yeah. Big, big respect to Chicago's rebel look, but I'm not a fan of the other two looks. I think right. every Phoenix jersey is, is heat. And yeah. And I've shut myself up. Um, I've been talking about too much. I'm I'm excited <laughs> for next year when. So if if Chicago goes on to win this, we've got to do a W history on the year that Candace went to Chicago. Like that that's part two of the series that you just finished. Like I maybe we have to wait right. a couple years for that to cool down. But that's that's another series that's got to happen on W history is the year that Candace went to Chicago. Maybe, oh, but yeah, I'm also willing to that, do that, W history on Finals MVP Shea Petty. So <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm saying, oh, dude, I love Shea Petty so much. I'm so I'm so. Here's my to question see what she does here in the for finals. you, Kyle. To kick it back to you, Kyle. Here's my question to you: What are you putting yeah. more money on, or like what what would you put more money on? Like that, not not like betting it will happen, but if I put money down, it means it happens. This is what I want to see. Do you want? MB finals MVP Shea Petty or finals MVP Kelly Copper? Because I'm telling you right now, you know how much I love both of those players. So that's a really difficult decision. For some reason I have it in my head. Chicago's hoisting that trophy. For some reason in my head, I've got Copper as the MVP. Like, I I think so. I think that Copper's Copper numbers wise has been pacing Chicago all season long. And even in the playoffs, um, I think that they may try to make it Candace Parker just for narrative for the, for the sake, moment. but I think that would be in, See, but you know, I think like, that would be incorrect. Washington was the yeah. same thing. Like they could have done the right. EBD narrative, but it was so clear That's by true. the they end of that give game. It, to it was like, it's Mieseman. A lot of yeah. years they just give it to their top player. And that happens with almost every single league in sports. But this was, that was a case of like, we can't ignore how good Emma Mieseman was. Well, and it coppers that type of player, but at the same time, like, Petty is that type of player that might be her level of energy in game five tells me like that's the type of player that has that energy level that turns that shifts a needle <laughs> and puts one team over the hump. Here's how I'll, I'll answer. I know this is a really, really weird put, comparison between two players. No, I like, but it's just like, no, I like they're it. the two narrative players that if you go beyond like the elite household name star players, who might end up stealing like an MVP vote because they help their team win. Like Petty and Copper, the names that pop up to me. And I also know you So here's how I'm going to answer that is because if I'm putting money down, I'm putting it on Copper because legitimately Copper is the best player on her team right now. She's had the best season of anyone on Chicago. She's, she really leads the team. Like she is the best player for Chicago. And yeah, I know they got Vandersloot and Parker and, but Copper is the best player for the Chicago Sky in 2021. This is her team. Um, so if I'm putting money on which I think is going to happen, I'm, I'm putting cover. However, but if I'm putting money down to see which one I would rather, I would rather see, I got to go with Petty because Petty got cut 
from a team last season. She was cut from a team last season. So uh, on the obscure chance that she did, she did win a finals MVP. I got to go with that because that's going to be, that's got to be one of the greatest like Rudy esque type stories <laughs> in, in history to be cut and then return the next season and take a finals MVP. But, um, let's, Let's actually get in and, and chat just uh, as far as predictions go. And I want you to give me some reasons behind this. Uh, Logan and I did something like this where we said you can't give any, you can't give any commentary. Give me your fi- like your playoff predictions. I want your commentary, Jason. I'm gonna start with you. I want you to tell me we've got at least three, potentially five games of the WNBA Finals. How do you see this series playing out, and who do you have walking away? with the hardware at the end of the 2021 season. Oh, you're going to make me put my, put something on the books. Okay. Um, I think that, see, I, I keep going back and forth. I think that when you line up the teams and I look position by position, I give a slight advantage to Phoenix going down the list, looking at matchups, uh, left versus right. I, I lean Phoenix, but I feel like Chicago is coming into this healthier. Obviously, Sophie Cunningham missed the last couple of games. Uh, Kia Nurse just went down. So I feel like Chicago is coming in healthier. So like those two things, which I feel like would help determine the outcome, are kind of combating each other. As I try to predict out in my mind, what I've seen is Chicago show up night after night after night. Even the game that they lost to Connecticut was was a game that they were in very much of the game. Uh they 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 were competitive. What I saw from Phoenix was some nights where they were just on fire and some nights where they just didn't show up the same way. Uh, you know, the that game 4 especially the consistency from Chicago is big for me. Uh, that being said, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Chicago in 4. Okay. I in I paused for a second. Four. I thought we might have been- in four, I pause for a sec. You you hesitated. You really wanted to make sure you had this down. I, that, Chicago in four. Jason saying it is so. I like that take because them winning it in four plays into my prediction pretty well, actually. Sweet. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Steve. I want to hear your I, thought. I like I, everything Jason said is essentially correct. Like it's this is a Chicago team that keeps wondering why people are forgetting just who they are. Because they keep playing, they keep having these games where they'll play at an elite level, and people will be like, "Didn't know Chicago had it in them." And they're like, "Have you looked at our roster? Like, we we figured it out. It took us a minute, but we figured it out." And and there's this weird thing where it's we just forget how good they are. That said, I don't know if any team has a home court advantage quite like the X Factor. I'd say Seattle comes close. But that atmosphere will be and and Chicago showed up big time uh last week this last week. Big time. And yeah, they will was, and they will show yeah. up big time because I know I know Candace is gonna take that court and she's gonna see those supporters, she's gonna see those great Chicago fans, she's gonna see the likes of Dwayne Wade and others. She's also gonna close her eyes, and there is President Obama. He made it. I didn't think he would come, but he made it. Hey, buddy. Like, the Obama's already promised they're going to be there. Like, so, so like there's going to be support in Chicago. I just had, I had to do that. Uh, that was great. I had to drop the Leslie dope once I heard that the Obamas were going to be in town, but like that was the, like they're going to show up, but the X factor is a, a unit. And I think that's going to be an honest to goodness advantage for Phoenix. That is the one punch Chicago hasn't quite faced. They've ha- they played against some rough, uh, like opposing crowds. Uh, this is going to be at a different level, which is why Jason saying Chicago winning in four is pretty prescient because I think they'll need to win in four because a third game in Phoenix is going to be tough, which is why I have the Mercury in five. On top of this, on top of the fact that. Like I started the show with Griner's level of play and where her mind, her, her mindset is right now 
is perfect as a leader for this squad. Um, you're going to get everything that you're going to get out of Tarasi. I'm hoping Cunningham's healthy and, and you'll see some extra needs there. Cause, cause going seven deep is not going to cut it for five games. Most likely. No, but if Chicago doesn't cleanly take this in four, it'd be really hard for them to close out a fifth game. Uh, in in Phoenix, you have to imagine that's going to be a packed, packed, packed house, uh, unless they get bumped for like, uh, like Disney on ice. Yeah, like Pe- Peppa, <laughs> Peppa Pig on ice or something like that. Um, whatever. Like, and so you have to believe that. And the last, but the last reason that points to that is, and this is just me being selfish, but look, I picked Phoenix to take it at the start of the year, and. I rode with them all season saying I'm seeing good things, but obviously, you know, and so might as well stay on that road because it's, it's helped so far. So I, I've never been one to ever be good at any prediction ever. Anyone who saw my W25 list apparently knows how to let me know that, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ride with that. And uh if they raise the trophy, then I mean, you're welcome to all of the so, Mystics faithful <laughs> for doing that for you. So, so Kyle, I, I don't want to step on your toes too much here, but I, I do want to say, um, first of all, I agree with Steve, but I really want to go back. I think it was in our season predictions for this year. Um, or no, it was in our, I think it was in our New Year's resolutions. It, I'll have to find it, but mm-hmm. at some point, I was asked what would be the difference, like what was going to be the biggest surprise of the year. I think that was the question in our New Year's episode. And for me, uh-huh. it was Chicago going to the finals and then Malia and Sasha Obama coming into the building with orange hoodies and changing the tide and, and the Chicago winning it. At some point, I made that prediction. I remember vividly. Yeah, I, the, I remember. I remember you bringing that and up. So I need to go find that because that might be like the highlight of my career if that ends up happening. But um <laughs> if you legit pull that out, yeah. <laughs> so I, I gotta throw Logan's uh prediction out here. Uh he did send it over. He is taking Phoenix to win it. He didn't tell me in how many games, but all he's gonna say is uh to every listener out there who's followed our show at all over the last couple seasons, you all know exactly why he's taking <laughs> Phoenix. That's all. That's all I'll say about that. So Logan officially going with with ha! Phoenix. I get it um, now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> took a second. It's unspoken, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, unspoken. But y'all know why he's taking Phoenix. All right. Yeah. Um, Read between he, the lines, man. Uh, so I I gotta go. I gotta go with. Uh, th- this is tough. This is really really tough because. I really feel like this is a very even series. Yeah. Like I have a hard mm-hmm. time picking one of these teams over the other. Now, prior to this, there was two series that I was predicting. Um, and that was the semifinals. And I felt very confident in my predictions for those. And I was absolutely wrong on both of them. And so for me now being able to pick, uh, in a series that I actually I don't know. Maybe that gives me some comfort because if I'm feeling confident, then I'm probably wrong. Um, but I like Chicago in this yeah. matchup. I, I really do. I think that, I think that the injuries, uh, like Phoenix is, is one like, you know, uh, basically if Griner had to sit out for a quarter or Tarasi had to sit out for a half, they, they just don't have the horses right now. They just don't have the players to go on the court and make things happen. Um, you know, Turner can't play one on five out there. And right now the, the Mercury are just limping into this finals matchup with like major, major injury, uh, you know, reports. And so I'm just, I'm nervous, uh, for that right there. The second reason I like Chicago and we've already mentioned her once, but KFC. Kalia freaking copper is 100% the reason why I think Chicago is going to take this into this. (laughs) (laughs) We mentioned, we mentioned the taco sandwich earlier in the, uh, in the, in the evening. I was talking talking about the dream, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's true. We got <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll hit into that definitely when we get into some off season discussions here. One hundred percent. Um, Kalia freak, freaking copper. Uh, like I think is uh, the next generation like of WNBA basketball talent that is going to be a household name should be a household name now isn't unfortunately, but copper to me might be the next Jersey purchase that I make Um, all season long. Even last year, I was really, really stoked on her play this season. She's literally led the team that is now in the WNBA finals. She paced them all season long. She's looked so good. She's got great connection with Candace Parker. They play together so well. They've got great chemistry. Yep. That's the reason I got to go Chicago. And I'm going to go Chicago, uh, in four as well, just like Jason. Cause I don't think that I don't, I don't like having them, uh, win it in a game five in enemy, enemy territory. So that's my prediction. So. Yeah, that game, that game five would be tough on their end. And like, like I said, I, I think it's such a tight race because it's just such an unexpected result so far that mm-hmm. you take Chicago. Like, there's just nothing I can do to refute that claim. Like, I think yeah. it makes yeah. <laughs> sense, especially on the back of Copper, who is just becoming that unsung hero and has played at such a consistent level. I got to say this too about Chicago. They're a, they're the, one of the most fun rosters. We, we've seen some really good elements last couple of days about just how it, they seem to be tight knit. They seem to have really good, like off court chemistry. They seem to have a lot of fun together. And on top of that, very well prepared. I think they talked about it on the broadcast. They're, they're already in the, on the West, you know, in the West, at least as soon as that their final game went zeros, they went straight to Vegas and started working out the plan being. If the aces win game five, we're here and we have to worry about travel last minute. Or if it's in Phoenix, we're a hop, skip and a jump to there. And we should be able to make quick travel arrangements. And so we can focus on training. We can focus on recuperating and be ready to go on Sunday. And, uh, all of that tells you that like the mindset is in play. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, if you're Phoenix, like you have to figure you now have to figure out everything you can possibly do to get yourself prepared uh mentally for for the finals in a day and a half now and yeah. like chicago's already kicking you know they're, they're already putting that work in um so that's what makes this tough is like where where's that you know it's always that classic case of like you know the over preparation and rest versus like the momentum team that like if they could start game one right now, they probably would because of how much energy they have. So I'm excited. I, I'm yeah. I'm as excited for this series as I've been for seemingly any series of a of a sports playoffs I can think of. And I watched two of my teams win championships last year in the same month. <laughs> this month, uh, and yeah. I I'm I think I'm more excited for this finals just because. There's so much going on. There's so many stories. There's so much excitement. This is going to be very much this finals has the means to be like a real love letter to women's basketball and a love letter to basketball as, as a whole. And if you truly appreciate the game, there's no excuses. This is what you should be watching. And I, I'm excited. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up. That was kind of uh, what I wanted my parting words tonight to be. Um, As you're listening to this, we have an opportunity as WNBA fans, as followers of this league, um, more so now than perhaps any time in the last decade, go get eyes on this product. This is a series you do not want people missing. You tell them the story of these two teams. You tell them about the legends that are here. You tell them about these next-gen players who are stepping up to be you know, uh, big time, big time names in the league. You talk about the coaches, you talk about the history that these two teams matched up in a finals a few years ago. This is an opportunity for every one of us to just, and and if all it is, is just one more set of eyes. If you can get one friend or family member, or I don't know, stranger off the street, get them in front of a television and watch these games. 
this is an opportunity for us to grow this game, to grow the league and to set it on a pedestal that's, that's going to propel women's uh, sports forward for the next hundred years. Let's get eyes on the product tonight or not tonight, this series and, uh, and let's do it. Um, before we officially sign off though, Jason, you want to give us the rundown on how people can connect with us and where they can find us. Uh, and, and you know, you know, give them the gauntlet. Let's hear it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll jump through the hoop, Kyle. So if you want to connect with our show, there are many ways to do so. You can follow us on Twitter at WNBA nation pod. You can follow us on Facebook with the same handle. And if you want to watch the show recorded live, we do that on twitch.tv slash WNBA nation. And if you want to rep the show, you can get some merch at, uh, com. And last but not least, if you're listening to us on a podcast service, we ask you to please subscribe. That helps out the show. And what really helps out the show is if you have a chance, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and if you feel so inclined, give us uh, give us a little write-up. If you do that, we'll give you a shout-out and a read-out on the show. And uh, yeah, I don't think I missed anything, but you, can, you guys can let me know what I missed. That sounded... No, I, think, I think you pretty well nailed pretty it, Pretty damn dude. clean to me, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was I'm excellent. <laughs> okay, any last oh, words from either of you before we sign off? I, I just... Go ahead, Steve. I like, was just going to throw my hands in the air. I'm, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, watch, I, we've said watch it all. Watch Knockouts Knockdown Impact on uh, Impact Plus tomorrow night. Watch and Ellery. the game on Sunday tournament. at 3. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about when the game Sunday was. At three. <laughs> Sunday at 3 on ABC. And Easy is 1-3. To piggyback off of Kyle's point that you just made a minute ago <laughs> about getting people into the league... One thing I think we need to realize is that no matter how this series goes down, this is going down as a a legacy finals for one player or the other. Either you've got Diana Taurasi and seemingly her seemingly her 50th season willing her team into a championship and, and putting it together again, or you have Candace Parker cementing her status as as a, a legend and a Hall of Famer by going to Chicago and bringing a trophy as promised. You know, it's the Babe Ruth calling the shot moment for her. So this is this is a finals that we're going to talk about 10, 15, 20 years from now because of the stories that are going to come out of it. And so this is a great time to be able to to say, hey, I watched those games. I was part of that history. Uh, so it, get, get everyone involved. This is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzmuch. I'm Jason Snow. (laughs) We got you next time.